This is MPN. Welcome to Movie Matchup. I'm Casey. And I'm Grace. A podcast where we talk in-depth about two movies with a common theme, and at the end, we'll talk about menu items you can enjoy while having your movie marathon. Grace, what is this week's theme? This week's theme is Search Party. Yay! And our first movie is Super Bad from 2007, and the Netflix plot is Hoping to have sex before college, high school seniors Seth and Evan try to score booze for a huge party, leading to a series of wild misadventures. And our second movie is Booksmart from 2019. The summary is, on the eve of their high school graduation, two academic superstars and best friends realize they should have worked less and played more. Determined not to fall short of their peers, the girls try to cram four years of fun into one night. That's a good description. I like that one. Yeah. All right. These have a lot in common. Yes. And, uh, you know, it, it was kind of an obvious pairing. I feel like when yes. Booksmart came out, everybody was saying, oh, it's just it's super bad with girls, which yeah. is, is not an unfair comparison, I'd say. But also they do have it is fun to also con- contrast these two movies. Um, and I feel like uh, in addition to you know, it being two uh, guys in the first movie and two girls in the second, uh, there's also the difference that surprisingly, I think 12 years in between made a whole bunch, <laughs> made, made a very big difference between these two movies. Yes. Uh, I do not think that Superbad could have come out um, in, in 2019 and, and been received in the same way. No, I think <laughs> they would have. Yeah, they would have <laughs> definitely had to uh, to change some things. So yes, while the, yeah. while the plot is extremely similar i feel like the situations are different the jokes are very different Um, yeah yes so um but yeah we've got we've got two best friends a lot of the movies uh are uh about the this relationship revolves around the the relationship between the two friends they they sort of come to a head in a similar way um because it's about them you know sort of facing their separation in the following year after high school graduation And uh, you've just got the whole, you know, movie leading up to one final party at the end um, between the two of them. And, yeah, a lot of other, like, smaller similarities, I think, throughout as well. Yeah, I think because also the the both leads in both films are also going to this party with the intention of kind of, like, hooking up or admitting their feelings for or, like, trying yeah. to, like, take their shot with their crush that they have. Mm-hmm. And both uh, movies take place in Los Angeles, so they're both within the the same city setting for all of this to to happen. Um, and then, so Superbad has Jonah Hill, and Booksmart <laughs> yeah. has his sister Beanie Feldstein in it. So, yeah. And even even then, it is one of those siblings that is picking the other one up for school at the very beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then, like, on, like, a, a smaller scale, like, just kind of, like, a weird thing. Um, so, in Superbad, Clark Duke is in it at the party. And mm-hmm. it's almost, like, disrupting the continuity that he is just in, like, every 
he's he's in too many background scenes to kind con- it almost like messes up the continuity of the film as like a real life thing and then in yeah. book smart as like a running joke it's just that Gigi is everywhere at every party yeah. and how did she end up everywhere because it doesn't make sense that she's in so many places so yeah yeah definitely fun for a double feature I think you know the humor is different but there's also there's 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 a little bit of similarities in the just the running like one crazy night, uh, you know, ness about about the humor as things just sort of build and build and get crazier as as the night goes on for both the uh, groups of friends. And it's interesting to see how that sort of concept plays out differently in each movie. I think um, also the relationships between like two uh, teenage girls and two teenage boys is kind of like mm-hmm. represented separately as like the two teenage boys are gonna want to get laid which I feel like even if your movie took place today it probably would be about the the same thing (laughs) um and the like two teenage girls it's kind of like based on their friendship and they're like proving something like about themselves be you know because of this and that they're they're different and and trying to prove that and like still hook up with their crushes but the premise isn't like oh we have to get laid before college like yes so yeah and there's also you know the the friendship between the two girls there's you know we're looking at the the effect of toxic masculinity here but there's there's no um you know uh concern between the two girls about how much they love each other like they're they're sort of over the top in their affection for each other throughout the whole movie whereas with with the guys it's more like what no we're not going to miss each other whatever and then it sort of culminates in them telling each other that they love each other and then sort of like almost being like nervous about that the next morning like they they had hooked up with each other yeah yeah (laughs) All right. I think that's all that I have that is similar. Do you have any other points that you wanted to to make uh, about what the movies have in common? Nothing that in particular, but we'll probably talk more about it as we go through each yes. movie. I feel like I always forget. I always write where the movie is, but it's like with the title. So I have Superbad 2007. It is currently on Netflix. And then I feel like because I skipped down past the plot, I never actually mentioned where you can watch the movie. So oh, Superbad yeah. is on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes. So... This and start... Booksmart's on Hulu. I'm just going to say oh, that yes. right now. Yeah, so, just, yeah. just so it's out there. Get it yes. out of the way. Yeah. So Superbad starts with Seth, played by Jonah Hill. He calls best friend Evan, Michael Sarah, and he tells him about his plans for college. And by that, I mean which porn site he's going to subscribe to when he gets there. And they talk on the phone about it until he reaches uh, Evan's house to just pick him up. So it's funny yeah. that he's just driving and then he just he just picks him up. They literally, they're literally still on the phone with each other as Evan walks out to the car yes. until they can talk. In yes. And I enjoy <laughs> that uh, while Seth is talking to him about which porns that he's going to subscribe to, Evan's not like really, he's not really into it. I'm sick of all the amateur stuff, you know. If I'm paying top dollar, I want a little production value, some editing, <laughs> transitions, something, some music. And Seth says, well, I'm sorry, Evan, that the Coen brothers don't direct the porn I watch. They're hard to get a hold of. And there was, um, there was like an uh, an alternate line where he said, I'm sorry that my porn is not a spikely joint. Like he had like a bunch of them, but I thought that one was also funny. Yeah. So Seth and Evan are both like horny high school boys who want to have sex with their crushes before they leave for college because you want to be good at sex by the time you get to college. Because you don't want girls to think you suck dick at fucking pussy. (laughs) And then, so Evan has a crush on Becca, and Seth has a crush on Jules, played by Emma Stone. 
And then we meet their friend Fogel, played by Christopher Mintz-Plasse. And uh, both Fogel and Evan are going to go to Dartmouth together the following year. And Seth applied, but he didn't get in. Jules invites Seth to a party uh, she's having that night. And Fogel says that he can buy booze for them because he's going to get a fake ID. One thing I think yes. is an interesting contrast between the two of them is there's there's much more of a sense of a high school hierarchy, I feel like, in Superbad than there is in Booksmart. Like, there are cliques in Booksmart, but they don't really feel like the two girls didn't go to parties because they were focused on their studies, not because they weren't invited to the parties. Whereas in Superbad, it very much feels like they didn't go to parties because nobody was inviting them to parties because they were nerds who didn't get the invites usually. Yeah, I feel like there was like a time when high school movies sort of changed, like that there mm-hmm. were these like typical like jock, nerd, you know, like goth, like there were very much those things. And then actually like 21 Jump Street, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, I was going to say 21 Jump Street yeah, kind of comments that's on the, that. the first movie where I feel like they really switched around to something more modern that, yeah. that seems more realistic to, to like how things are because everything just fell into those like stereotypes before that. Whether or not that was your high school experience, it was just like this speaks for all high school experiences. Yeah. And like in Booksmart, which we'll talk about later, but that you can be multiple things, that you can be a complicated person and you don't have to be one stereotype. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so because Superbad is from 2007, it kind of falls into to some of those. Not that the characters don't seem believable in that way. They very right. much, I mean, they're, they are based on real people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to a point that I didn't think it was totally realistic with certain things that happened, but in the uh, trivia, I will get into how those things are real. Okay. Anyway, um... <laughs> But yes, so, uh, yeah, I feel like they, you know, there's even the bully that intentionally tells them that they are not invited to the big party that he is going to be having just because he's an asshole. But Jules is a nice person and she likes Seth and so she just invited Seth to her party because why not? So, yeah, so she invites him and um, he tells her that about the fake ID that they're supposed to be getting. Um, And she asks him if he can buy booze for the whole party, (laughs) Uh, which, of course, he agrees. And then he tells Evan to offer to buy Becca some. So Evan does and he even offers to pay for it and that it was pimp. I (laughs) I feel like a pimp right now. So chivalrous. (laughs) (laughs) Even the way he says it, though, it's just... uh, this quiet boy. It was pimp. I feel like a pimp right now. Like one of those pimps. Yeah. <laughs> so Fogel gets uh, his ID, but made it so that his name is just McLovin. Who is he, Seal? And then <laughs> Evan says this this guy, speaking as the, the person that he, uh, would be selling him the alcohol, this guy is either going to think he's a, here's another 21-year-old with a fake ID, or here's McLovin, the 25-year-old Hawaiian organ donor. <laughs> And another thing that often happens in high school movies and things like that is you cast older people to play younger people, mm-hmm. like Clueless that we covered earlier, you know, that it's yeah. just they're significantly older. Whereas Christopher Mintz-Plasse was 17 when they made the movie. So yeah. he really does not look 25 when you watch the movie. So watching this child, you know, attempt to buy booze, I feel like kind of really adds to the comedy and not that, oh, like, well, in real life, he's like a 22-year-old kid that's supposed to play younger. Yeah, um, definitely. But yeah, his mom was even like on set. So when he has this like sex scene later, his mom had to be on set because he was underage. Oh, wow. Because of it. So that would be weird. But yeah, so it's very obvious that he's not actually 25. 
But because they don't have a lot of options, uh, they have to try the ID. And then they tell McLevin that he's going to be buying alcohol for the entire party. And he starts to panic, understandably. Yeah, I feel like, you know, you feel like you can maybe get away with buying a six pack or something like that with a fake ID. But then it's like, oh, no, buy $100 worth of booze <laughs> for this party. Yeah. It's like, ah. I know. And Evan's like, what does it matter how much it is? And it's like, because it's a lot less suspicious if you're buying something that clearly just looks like you're buying it for yourself. But if you're buying a bunch of alcohol, I feel like it immediately stands out. So, yeah. So Seth and Evan uh, run off to follow a girl they know that got got breast reduction surgery because they need to know what her boobs look like right now. And meanwhile, Fogel is at the counter with the alcohol. While showing his ID, the store gets robbed. So when Seth and Evan come back, they see a cop car there, and they think that Fogel has been busted trying to buy alcohol. And police officers Slater and Michaels, Bill Hader and Seth Rogen, ask the cashier about the suspect. And they like say height-wise, as they're moving their hands, one is moving it up and the other one is moving it down as if she's just supposed to stop. <laughs> when, when, yeah. when they, she's like, he was 5'10", whatever 5'10 is. <laughs> And then ethnically, was he African? No, he was American. He looked just like you. He was Jewish. So we have an African Jew wearing a hoodie. So they've collected all the correct information. Right. Yeah. Um, Evan Evan is, understandably, he's concerned about Fogel. But Seth is really just concerned about losing $100 of Jules' money. And at that moment... Francis, played by Jola Trulio, hits Seth with his car to avoid getting in trouble for hitting Seth. Uh, Francis agrees to get them alcohol at another party. That's another thing. Getting in the car of a stranger in both yeah. of these films. <laughs> not not the smartest move uh, for any teenagers, I feel like. No. But... Um... At least it's commented on in book smart. I feel like it's yes. just kind of like, let's just do it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the police question McLovin about the robbery. Uh, he nervously shows them his ID, uh, but they buy it. He gets away with it. They agree to give McLovin a ride, but before McLovin is dropped off, Slater and Michaels take a call at a bar. McLovin gets credit for apprehending the guy being drunk and disorderly, and they buy him a beer and are chit-chatting when Slater and Michaels get another call, and it just says, need backup, there's so much blood, and they just turn it off so that they can just continue their conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then as soon as they're done, they pretend to then get a call to avoid paying for the beers and then ask for 13 beers to go. As you do. Why 13? (laughs) Probably because it's just such a random number. Yeah. <laughs> so at Mark's, uh, Kevin Corrigan's party, Seth finds a bunch of beer and decides to <laughs> to dump out two giant bottles of detergent and fill them with beer. Well, then when a fight breaks out, Seth and Evan manage to sneak out and Seth and Evan get into an argument. Slater and Michaels get called to the house party. And because they're playing lightsabers with their flashlights, they don't notice Seth and Evan in the street. And Seth gets by, gets hit by a car again. I forgot that he got hit by a car twice yeah, in this movie. I forgot, I forgot that too. I was like, oh my God, that happens twice in this yeah. movie. <laughs> so the police are going to say that it was Seth and Evan's fault. Uh, but McLovin sees Seth and Evan and they see this him. Is, I was going to say, this is the scene where I was like, this would not play 
in a movie today, I feel like. No. Like, the overt, like, abuse of power of yeah. these two police officers is played strictly for laughs in this movie. And it's just like, no, that is not going to No, this is anymore. all too real. That's It's like, yeah. it's just, it is way too real. There is no way. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's just like, they would hit him and they would start to freak out. And then the kids would just run in either direction. But they're not yeah. going to, yeah. You can't really, like, make the cops these, like, funny, likable characters and mm-hmm. be like, well, we're going to frame these kids. We hit them. But we're just going to yeah. say it's We're going to pull our gun on these kids and force them to the ground and like yeah it's funny it's 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 a laugh you know (laughs) (sighs) yes that is definitely something that uh would not happen now yeah so yeah so the kids take off running in different directions michaels loses evan because he's a freak he's the fastest kid alive (laughs) (laughs) and the boys all manage to make it back together and they get on the bus vogel has all the booze for the party still But the drunk guy from the bar recognizes him. Sorry, he recognizes McMuffin, which I just find (laughs) so funny every time he calls him McMuffin. Uh, But there's a so there's a scuffle on the bus and the bottle of Goldschlick vodka that was for Becca breaks. Uh, But they reach the party. Seth is actually really popular at the party and gets along with with people. Yeah, he, he, uh, you know, he brought the booze. So, (laughs) yes. (laughs) <laughs> I guess you'd think he could be, like, dismissed if he's not friends with them, but he, it seems like they're all, yeah, he's yeah. he's getting along with, with everybody other than Evan at the time. So he's really drunk, and he kisses Jules. And Jules doesn't want to kiss him then. He assumed that she was drunk and would only get with him if she were drunk, but she's yeah. sober and genuinely likes him. Unfortunately, That's the other part that I feel like they'd probably have to rework, like, today, because their whole plan was... We'll get the girls drunk and then they'll hook up with us, which is sort of like uncomfortable implications right there. Um, I feel like you could you could still sort of you know you have the party and the and the oh we'll hook up with them at the party without the uh, the explicit like we have to get them drunk first in order for them to hook up with us thing. Yeah, but uh, you know the movie doesn't actually play out that way, so I feel like it's it's not quite as as bad. Like you, you can still watch it and not feel. You know, this isn't a re- Revenge of the Nerds situation where you're like, oh, that was rape and we're laughing at it, you know. Yeah, anyway, they're, they're still nice guys. And I, I feel like yeah. it's it's just the thing, you know, like also working up the, the nerve to do something about it. They've never done anything about it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like with them drinking also, I feel like they're working up the, the nerve to actually like make a move or admit feelings or yeah, something yeah, like that in the, in the same way. Um, But so unfortunately... For Seth, he's so drunk that he kind of passes out um, onto her and headbutts her right in the face. Uh, Yeah. And then Evan and Becca are both really drunk and they're hooking up, but it's kind of like going too fast. It's it's just kind of like not right. And shout out to the actress who plays Becca. I I didn't look up her name, by the way, but she's great at playing drunk. I said the same thing to him. I'm like, she's really good at it. Yeah. Like, it's really hard to play drunk. You can always, you know, I feel like you can often really tell that people are acting, but she was really good at, at yeah. playing drunk. Um, and her character, Becca, uh, ends up vomiting in Jules's bed. A hookup interrupted by vomit. Uh, again, <laughs> similarity between these two movies. Oh, my, yes. I didn't even think about that. But yes, absolutely. <sighs> so then McLovin is having sex with Nicola and... When Michaels and when Michaels and Slater's break up the party, and they admit to McLovin that they knew he was underage the whole time, 
which again means that these cops were giving alcohol to a minor <laughs> at a bar. Uh, but they didn't like cops when they were young and they wanted to seem cool. So they helped Fogel seem like a badass with his classmates by arresting him. We caught the infamous Fogel as they're just like <laughs> pushing him into the, <laughs> to the car. And Seth carries a passed out Evan out of the party to avoid getting in trouble with the cops. Seth and Evan make up. They tell each other that they love each other. And Seth boops Evan's face. Which is, <laughs> boop, which is just... So cute. It is so cute. <laughs> so the next day they go to the mall and they run into Jules and Becca. And Becca and Evan go off together because they both need to buy comforters. His for college and hers because she threw up on Jules' comforter. And Seth and Jules walk off together because he's going to buy her cover-up for the black eye that he gave her. <laughs> When he hit her in the face accidentally. And while they are going their separate ways, um, they they have each other's information. And uh, they're still best friends. So it's a happy ending. Yeah. Um, and then, so for uh, my trivia for the movie. Okay, so this movie is about friends Seth and Evan in high school, which is loosely based on the writers Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg in school. And the story Evan tells Becca about like their wild night of drinking and going to an adult party and the club is exactly what real life Seth and Evan did with their friend Sam Fogel. Ah. And so Seth and Evan, they stole a keg once. And because they didn't have the tap to crack it open, they had to store their... Sorry, they had to crack it open. They didn't have the tap. So they had to store it in a bunch of different containers, the beer, including detergent jugs. Because watching the movie, I'm just like, who would do that? It would, like, taste disgusting. There's, like, all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, they actually, they did that. Uh, And And it's, like, green beer afterwards. You're like, there's some detergent in there. Yes. And I don't know. And I don't know if that happened in real life. Maybe they cleaned the jugs out. Well, I I don't know. I just feel like you would get so sick also because you are, you know, yeah, you're drinking detergent. I like how much this bothers you. (laughs) I mean, the idea of drinking detergent with any sort right. of, like, actual thing. I mean, it's like that you're poisoning yourself. And then now you have, you know, kids that eat Tide Pods, so whatever. But um, so then the adult party um, that the kids go to in the movie is based on an adult party that Evan, Seth, and Seth's mom went to. And it was, like, a bunch of adult comedians. And the house was owned by a little person and a bodybuilder that were a couple. And then a guy at the party called Seth's mom a bitch. And as that happened, I guess a pig ran up and bit Evan's foot. I don't know. They just did wild <laughs> stuff when they were younger. And then they just put it all. They just wrote all these things. They just I haven't things. lived, apparently. <laughs> no, I, no a pig's never bit my foot. So, um, And then, so for the, the DVD menu... Um, because the DVD menu goes on for so long, it goes on for an hour, the director wanted Michael Sarah to, to dance, like for the whole menu, that they're just going to watch him dance in the background and just mm. see that it doesn't loop. So Michael Sarah had to go and dance for an hour. He dances for an hour straight on the DVD menu. You can watch it. And wow. he'll just, he just keep, keeps doing stuff. So That's right. We do open the movie. The, in the opening credits, you see both of them dancing yeah. sort of in silhouette. Mm-hmm. Um, Another similarity, because there's a dance sequence in books. That's true. They actually dance even right at the beginning when they, yeah, 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 when she picks her up. Um, And then Evan Goldberg's brother, David, he made all the dick drawings for the film. Mm -hmm. I like in the trivia that they say that there were like almost a thousand produced 
as if it was these incredible works of art. But yes, so um, the dick drawings. And then, uh, you know, your porn name is supposed to be uh, like your first pet plus like the street that you grew up on. So the actors in the film that didn't have character names, they have their porn name as their character name in the movie. So if you like watch the credits, it'll say the different actors and it'll say like Wild Bill Cherry or Muffin Selby or Tiger Green Dragon. So I just thought that was a funny thing. I never noticed that the, that they had <laughs> that in there. I did not either. Yeah. But so, That's great. Yeah. So that is my trivia for Superbad. So Booksmart opens with Beanie Feldstein's character, Molly, listening to a motivational uh, speaker on, on like a tape who, who is actually Maya Rudolph. Um, a very aggressive motivational yes. speaker. Yeah. <laughs> And then she goes and picks up her best friend, Amy, played by Caitlin Deaver. Deaver? Deaver. Um, and uh, it's the last day of high school. Uh, Molly is class president, and uh, they're both uh, very good students. We meet in very quick succession. I'm just going to go over all the characters in this movie. Yes, yeah. There's a lot. So we have uh, Principal Brown, played by Jason Stakis, um, who just wants Molly to leave him alone. Uh, we have Nick played by Mason Gooding, who is uh, Molly's vice president, who's this very popular, uh, handsome guy uh, who she supposedly doesn't like because it, he's just not very serious. Um, we have Jared and Gigi, who are like the rich kids in the school. And Jared is sort of like a tryhard. Uh, he, he's, he really wants people to like him and nobody does because they can tell how desperate he is. And Gigi is just kind of this party girl. Um, and uh, George and Alan, who are very flamboyant drama kids. AAA is a girl with a reputation for hooking up with guys in cars. <laughs> um, and Miss Fine, played by Jessica Williams, is uh, their, the girl's teacher who they get along really well with. Um, and when they go in, into her class for the last day, she uh, gives them her number so that they can uh, compare notes on the crossword when they go off to college. Uh, oh, and Hope, <laughs> who is uh, just sort of a hot, mean girl in uh, their class who kind of makes fun of Amy for scoring her teacher's number. Um, <laughs> and then at lunch, Amy is distracted by her crush, Ryan, and Molly encourages her uh, to go over and talk to her, um, which she does. And Ryan is like the skater girl, um, but she's not sure if Ryan actually likes girls. So they have a, an extremely awkward exchange uh, during which Ryan mentions that Nick's having a party that night. Um, <laughs> Later on, Molly is in the bathroom and she overhears uh, some of her peers uh, playing uh, Fuck, Mary Kill. And they end up uh, making fun of her because uh, they don't know that she's in the bathroom with them. They call her a butter personality instead of a butterface. Um, because she's so uptight and, and uh, they say that her personality sort of ruins <laughs> ruins it for them. She um, she is in the middle of correcting the grammar written yeah. on the bathroom wall at the time. I mean, granted, it is upsetting and you probably mentally, while I would not do it, I would think that's the wrong your that you have yeah. written for your ugly. But yes, so. Um, so Molly, having heard enough, comes out of the stall and, oh, I guess it's a, a gender neutral bathroom. I didn't really think about that, but there were both guys and girls sort of making yeah, fun of her uh -huh. outside. Um, and, uh, 
confronts them and uh, sort of tries to rub in their faces that she'll be going to Yale next year um, when she finds out that AAA will also be going to Yale the following year. And one of the other guys is going to Princeton. And one of the other one is, ones is going to be working at Google. So she freaks out, runs around the hallway and starts asking people where, where they'll be going to school. And like everybody is going to a top tier school as well. Um, <laughs> so Molly has a bit of a breakdown. And after school, um, she tells Amy that they need to go out and, uh, and go to a party that night because they screwed up. Everybody else managed to have fun and get into a good school. They made a choice when they didn't have to. Yeah. <laughs> and they need to prove to everyone that they're also fun. Uh, and Amy is is sort of, she's not entirely on board with this plan. She, does, she doesn't think that they, you know, she thinks that they are fun. They don't need to prove it to anybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this is one of my favorite exchanges in it. Molly says, we haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Okay, we've broken a lot of rules. <laughs> one, we have fake IDs, fake college IDs, so we can get into the 24-hour library. <laughs> Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Name a person with a real rule. <laughs> Rosa Parks. Name another one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. <laughs> <sighs> so she gives in, and they decide to go out uh, to Nick's party that night. Uh, first, they have to give Amy's parents the slip, played by uh, Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte, <laughs> who are very well-meaning, but uh, somewhat uh, strict, I guess, parents. So they don't want to let them know that they're going to be going out to a party. Yeah. Um, and they get out and then uh, they realize that they don't have the address for Nick's party. So uh, Molly ends up calling Jared, who seems to have a bit of a thing for her, um, and uh works a, a, I, I guess even though he's rich he like drives a car for Lyft or something like that if I if I understood correctly that seems to be what's happening oh is that what you thought I so I kind of thought she called him um because she knew that he would he would come and get her because just because she maybe maybe that's it as well I don't know because there was at the beginning of the movie he's also like driving Gigi up to the front of the school and she's upset because he won't, he won't like drop her off like right at the entrance or something like that so I was like maybe this is kind of his job I don't know oh gosh I'm just thinking about what yeah because I had written down like when Gigi's like on the car and she just like gets out of the car and just lays on the car right. <laughs> I'm fucking spent Jared I'm fucking spent Shh, I'm <laughs> napping keep it down out there like just yeah. Well, either anyway. way, Jared says he's going to take them to the party, but instead of taking them to Nick's party, he takes them to uh, his party, which is on a boat, and is just extremely extravagant and just, you know, like iPads in the party favors, and also no one else is there. Yeah. Except for Gigi. <laughs> Gigi feeds them strawberries <laughs> and then uh, grabs Amy and pulls her up to the top floor of the boat because it's like multiple <laughs> levels on this thing. Yes. Um, uh, and then we get, uh, as she and uh, Amy are bonding, we get one of my favorite, favorite Gigi lines, which is, I lost my virginity in what I thought was a park that turned out to be a graveyard and now the ghost spirits live inside my eggs waiting to be reborn. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Molly wants to leave. She wants to find Nick's party. She tries to tell Jared that he's trying too hard and it turns people off. Um, 
and uh, grab Amy so that they can go. Uh, and at the same time, Gigi sort of freaks out and decides to jump off the boat for some reason. <laughs> so they get a little freaked out and run up out of uh, this quote unquote party. It's not really a party, it's yeah. just a boat. <laughs> um, so at this point, Amy's done. She's like, okay, we did it. We went to a party, you know. <laughs> yeah. And Molly has to call Malala in order to get her uh, to stay on board with this party plan. Um, at the same time, which is like, I guess their, their thing between the two of them. If you call Malala, you get full support for whatever you want. Once a year. Yes, once a year. Yeah. Um, so they uh, at, get a call from their friend who lets them know where the party is uh, and call a lift, which turns out to be dri driven by their principal, um, <laughs> Jason Sudeikis. Um, so after some awkward small talk between the girls and their principal, um, they're talking again about uh, Amy's crush on Ryan, and she's uh, concerned because she uh, doesn't have much experience with uh, hooking up with girls, and so Molly suggests that they watch some lesbian porn <laughs> for educational purposes <laughs> on her phone. Um, but as they're watching, her phone is about to die, so she plugs it into a uh, charger that the their principal provides for them from from the car. Uh, and the audio from the porn goes blasting on the <laughs> car audio. Was that it's Cardi B? Awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so they arrive at the address, and they found out that it's not Nick's party. Once again, they have been bamboozled. <laughs> This is George's murder mystery party. Um, and as they're looking around, they see that Gigi is there. Uh, and it's another one of my favorite exchanges. How did you get here? How did you get here? How are you dry? How are you dry? <laughs> uh, can I just say, because so George hands them their characters. Yes. I don't know if you were going to talk about it or not. No, I don't have this. Down. So George hands them their characters like for the murder mystery party. And he clearly likes Amy because Amy gets adorable farmer new to the city. <laughs> and then Molly gets hideous, barren, orthodontist. And she says, why am I barren? And then she gets it. She's like, this just says orthodontist. <laughs> yes. Uh, clearly some bad blood between yes. uh, George yeah. and Molly. <laughs> So Gigi expresses surprise that the strawberries haven't hit them by now, uh, which is when they find out that they were drugged by the strawberries that she gave them. And then they uh, immediately experience a, a drug trip in which they both hallucinate that they're like Barbie dolls. And we get a full on like stop motion animation sequence with them as Barbie dolls. Um, and then they leave the party and come down from their high uh, and uh, Amy is, is confused about why Molly's so determined to get to Nick's party. She's, she's done. She's had, she's had a full evening. She's ready yeah. to go. Um, Gigi uh, chimes in from above them to tell her that Molly is in love with Nick. And so this is, uh, Amy now decides that, okay, well, if your crush is there too, then she's going to back her up and we, we have to go to this party so that, so that you can see this. Um, so they see a video from the party. Uh, on social media with a bunch of pizza boxes and they realize that they can find out the address 
uh, from the pizza place where they have got all the pizzas and they go and hide in a strange man's car <laughs> with their hair pulled up like in ponytails but over their face to make it kind of like a mask a very ineffective mask I mean um, you work with what you've got yeah you know <laughs> so they try to demand the address from uh, the pizza delivery guy and he of course asks them if they have a weapon which they realize they can't say yes because then it'll be a federal federal crime yeah. <laughs> um so and he informs them that he does in fact have a weapon and he pulls out a gun from his clubhouse <laughs> and uh berates them for getting in a strange man's car because he could easily drive them out to the middle of the forest and kill them right now um <laughs> so because they're so stupid he decides to give them the address that they're looking for and then tells them to get out of his car um amy uh accidentally leaves her phone in his car so molly only has two percent battery left on hers and she decides to use it to call miss fine to ask her to pick them up uh she does she gives them some new clothes because they're both dressed in like matching jumpsuits at the time yeah which is uh kind of a fun running joke every time they try on new outfits they like just heap praise upon the other girl <laughs> yeah they're like, really comp yeah compliment the other one to death it's very cute um <laughs> So they go to the party. We get a uh, dance sequence between uh, Mo Molly and uh, Ryan <laughs> when, they, when they arrive. That's a lot of fun. Um, Gigi's there <laughs> once again. Of course she is. She has arrived before them. <laughs> uh, Molly directs uh, Amy towards Ryan. Or sorry, I think I said Ryan before when I meant Nick. Nick, anyway. yeah. There's <laughs> too many names. Too many names. Yeah, lot, yeah. So Amy goes to Ryan. Uh, this is another one of my favorite. Just she's still trying to figure out whether or not Ryan likes girls, and so she mentions that she's going to uh, Africa uh, over the summer um, before she goes to college. Uh, Ryan says, "Oh right, you're going to Uganda or whatever," and she goes, "Botswana. They'd kill me in Uganda." She says, "Why? Because that country's not a big fan of gay people." And then she goes, "Would you be afraid to go to Uganda?" <laughs> <laughs> But before she can get an answer, she's interrupted. <laughs> um, Molly and Nick are playing beer pong and having a great time. They seem to really be like flirting, and uh, and and uh, he's very surprised to see her sort of letting her hair down. Um, Ryan pulls Amy over mm -hmm. to do some karaoke. She's also having a great time. Things are looking up, really, for both of them, <laughs> which means <laughs> yeah. it's all about to come crashing down. Uh, Ryan pulls Amy over and they uh, jump into the pool. As she's swimming around, she like loses track of her. And then uh, when she finds her again, Ryan is making out with someone and it is Nick. Um, <laughs> womp womp. Yeah. Uh, so Amy's very upset. She wants to leave. Uh, but Molly still thinks that things are going great with Nick if she doesn't want to. Uh, so Amy calls him Alala. And Molly refuses to abide by the rules of Malala, which is uh, just over the line. Yeah. <laughs> so they have a big blow-up fight during which Molly lets her know that she's not actually only going to Africa for the summer. She's going for uh, the entire year. She's taking a gap year. And she didn't tell Molly because she knew that Molly would uh, just bully her into, uh, you know, going to school at the same time so that they could graduate together and blah, blah, blah. Uh, and she's tired of doing everything that Molly wants her to do. Uh, so after their big blow-up fight, they split ways. 
Amy goes to hide in the bathroom, uh, and she finds Hope there, the girl from the beginning of the movie, uh, who kind of made fun of her for uh, getting Miss Fine's number. And uh, Hope is giving her a hard time about crying in the bathroom. They uh, fight, and then they start making out. (laughs) (laughs) It's that whole thing, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Molly gets to know Jared a little bit better, uh, and then um, she leaves and goes and sees uh, that uh, Nick is uh, making out with Ryan. Um, While Amy and Hope are making out, they start hooking up and then she, I'm still not exactly sure what she takes a drink of here. It's like something in the, already in the bathroom that she takes a drink of because she's nervous and she ends up throwing up on Hope. Um, and running, rushing out, uh, you know, in embarrassment. And then the party is uh, broken up by the cops. Molly was already outside, so she gets away, but a bunch of kids are stuck inside, and Amy decides that, uh, to stop being so timid, and she decides to make a diversion so that all the other kids that are stuck inside the house can escape. Um, <laughs> and Triple A gives Molly a ride home, during which they also sort of make amends for her comments to her earlier in the movie. Yeah. And, um, oh, <laughs> we see uh, Molly wakes up and she sees a video from last night when Amy was arrested, uh, which is a, an, another favorite line of mine. As she's being <laughs> led to the cop car, she says, uh, well, this seems excessive, excessive. Shotgun, just kidding. I don't have one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Molly goes to pick up Amy from jail because uh, they have to get to graduation. <laughs> the graduation is today. Um, as she's on the way in, she sees a notice for the Valley Strangler, and she recognizes it as the pizza delivery guy that they were <laughs> in the car earlier. So they uh, exchange information on the Valley Strangler for getting Amy out of jail. Uh, they Molly has borrowed Jared's car and uh, drives it and crashes through <laughs> the gate into graduation, uh, gets up on stage, kisses Jared, uh, makes a big speech that everybody loves. And it's all just so much fun. (laughs) Just a great time for everybody. Um, As Amy's packing up for Africa, Hope arrives and she gives Amy uh, her underwear back from the previous night, uh, as well as her number. Um, And then Molly drives Amy to the airport. uh, As uh, Molly's driving away from a crying Amy, um, Suddenly, Amy jumps in front of her car and says, I can be the last one on the plane when I get pancakes. Fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Aww. It's so nice. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a lot of a lot of cast members in this movie that were related to other famous people. Obviously, Vini Feldstein uh, is the younger sister of uh, Jonah Hill. Um and we have uh, Nick was played by Mason Gooding, who is, I believe, the son of Cuba Good- Gooding Jr. Oh. Um, and uh, Gigi is played by Billy Lord, who is yeah. the daughter of Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. According to the screenwriter, um, there weren't uh, originally so many Gigi scenes in, <laughs> in the script, but they loved Billy Lord's performance so much that they uh, wrote a bunch more into it for her. Caitlin Deaver and Beanie Feldstein um, 
lived together as roommates for about 10 weeks uh, to sort of build up their rapport as friends uh, for the movie. Should we talk menu? Yes. So for Superbad, I made tiramisu. Um, cause they... And it was delicious, by the way. Oh, okay. I'm glad I, you like, liked inhaled it. that um, last night or the night, the night before, something like that. I don't know. Whenever I got yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm so glad. Yeah, I was trying to decide at the beginning when I was like, oh, I should make tiramisu since they both have to, to make tiramisu if I should try mm-hmm. to, like, shape it like a dick. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, no, I'll just make it like how they make it in the movie with the the lady fingers uh, around the the outside. So, yeah. yeah. So, that's what I made for uh, Superbad. Yeah, for Booksmart, we actually have a whole menu provided uh, for us by <laughs> Amy's parents, played by Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte. They they had planned, before they sneak out, they go out to the party, they were going to have dinner with uh, her parents, so they had planned a whole graduation-themed menu, uh, including Diplo meatballs, Diploma meatballs, <laughs> um, chips and salt so long, high school, uh, mushroom cap and gowns, <laughs> cheese and salam, me being your dad was the greatest honor of my life, <laughs> and all of my baby girl, I love my baby girl. Oh, gosh. Yeah, their role is like very small in the movie, but it's so funny. Like, when they yeah. come down... And they're in, like, really oversized coats so that you can't see, you know, the suspicious jumpsuit outfits that usually would be, like, really <laughs> revealing clothing. You know, yeah, like, sexy clothing they'd be wearing and like, and, like, a huge thing. But they're just trying to hide their matching jumpsuits. And they're wearing these, like, giant puffy coats. <laughs> and Will Forte is like, Charmaine, get to the safe room. We're being robbed by supermodels. Like, <laughs> oh. Um, and then I was going to ask you, okay, so in like both of these movies, but I would say more in Superbad because the whole purpose is like to get alcohol. Like mm-hmm. when you first start drinking, you're really drinking just to get drunk. So right. like in, in Superbad, you have like Kyle's Killer Lemonade that would be like Mike's Hard Lemonade because you don't like the taste of alcohol. So you're just trying to cover it up and drink things that you can't taste it or you're like taking shots just to right. get it into your body as fast <laughs> as humanly possible. Um, and, you know, now I feel like when we hang out and stuff, we'll, we'll drink wine or a cocktail or something. But I was going to ask you, like, when you started drinking, mm-hmm. what would you drink? I would drink, <laughs> embarrassingly, those, like, fruit wines, the, like, peach-flavored or whatever uh-huh. wines. Like, I just carry around, like, a full bottle of that yeah. <laughs> like, at a party and go through the whole thing. Uh, during the night so yeah that was that was my either that or like shots of vodka which is why you know I don't don't drink vodka anymore yep I do know that that's also what I would do I would do four (laughs) shots I would do vodka I liked absolute vodka at the time Mm -hmm. um I feel like Smirnoff Ice was like very popular like around the time even though I didn't love it but you know it was just kind of there's like the that kind of version of like Kyle's Killer Lemonade um, and then uh, sometimes I would also drink ciders, which I still mm. enjoy cider, but I don't drink it that often. So, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I would drink those, but usually not to get drunk because, you know, I can't drink carbonation quickly. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> For whatever reason. Um, so yeah, those, those super sweet fruit wines were my go-to. Never okay. again. <laughs> <laughs> they also give you horrible hangovers. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, see, we don't do that. You do that when you're young also. Your body can't take the hangover the same yeah. the same way anymore. So, all right. Yeah. Do you want to tell people um, where they can find us and the theme for the next episode? Yes. So you can find us uh, on Instagram at movie underscore matchup or on sugarednerd.com. And tune in for the next episode, which will be should have used Airbnb. <laughs> and as always, stand atop the mountain of your success and look down at everyone who's ever doubted you. Fuck those losers. Fuck them in their stupid fucking faces. <laughs> <laughs>